Cool. Wonderful. <laughs> you, look at that. You, you, you big uh, fucking wanker. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, your Jules is the most unprepared in this, you big shithead. <laughs> oh, you, you, can't, you can't get it uh, thrown back at him. Yeah, that's true. Um, fuck, it's hot in this room. Maybe it's just you, baby. Take off the um, t-shirt. Make this into an OnlyFans. New t-shirt. <laughs> um, catch Friends and enemies. G'day. What's going on? Are you talking to me? Be good, thanks. Are you talking to me? No, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking to our listeners. Welcome to episode, big episode five of season three. Um, live from our new studio. No, we're still shooting at a studio. We're, today we talked to, um, we just finished the chat actually with Lockie Rayner, who's big, uh, what do you call him? Super guest, Jules? I think super, super fan. Guest super of the fan. Show. Super fan, sorry, mm. of the show. Um, very, very insightful chat into the world of motorsports, athletics, a whole range of things. Uh, we won't go into too much, but firstly, how are you, Jules? Let's get this over and done with. Yeah, going well. Front of house? Yeah, going well, going well. First week of um, work back, so cruising along. How about exhausted? you, Bucks? Uh, no, I'm not exhausted, but uh, we got round one. Oh, well, we would have had round one by the time you guys are all listening Sunday. to this. So, yep. um, yeah, ready to roll. How about you? You're on your last week of holidays. You bored? I'm all good, yeah. No, I'm ready to go back into it. You've had have your break. Um, a very exciting day the other day, as you would have seen on Instagram. We've picked up the new T-shirts, which I'm waving in front of you, but this won't be part of the video. <laughs> Very exciting, great quality. Shout out T T Junction, T Junction, Adventure Guy. Yeah, I wish we got a sponsorship. Maybe we need to to work on something um, more permanent with them so we can get more tees. I'm down for that. We just need a reliable designer to start designing t-shirts when I ask for them. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Maybe we can outsource. But shut up. Shall we get to the chat? Hold on, I want to touch. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. <laughs> on that, if you have ordered a t-shirt, we um, Barks and I are going to do a bit of a, a mail drop. Um, Together, yeah, we're going to go for a bit of a yeah. bit of a round trip, including Casey in Brisbane. Yeah, <laughs> Casey will be driving. But anyway, yeah, here's our chat it. with Lockie. Enjoy. Enjoy. Friends and enemies, welcome to a very special episode of the Content Catch-Up. It's New Year, New Us new guest and our first guest of 2022 geez i nearly stuffed that up but is none other than one of our super fans i'd like to say um although he's just told us otherwise that he just gives social media love to a bit of everyone <laughs> but it's none other than Lockie rayner welcome Lockie. thank you very much yeah no don't don't take that the wrong way i definitely <laughs> listen to the podcast dedicate a fair bit of time to it so no i uh, enjoyed and very glad to be um asked on i'm very privileged and get to see how it all works we really couldn't ignore the fans asking to have you on. We've had about six or seven requests every week. To The inbox is swarming. You've got a big fan base out there. They've all been from Casey. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there's been a few others. I've, there's been uh, Basilio. Um, Basilio is a, is a Carly. Um, he's got COVID at the moment, so hopefully by the time this comes out, he's all clear. Um, See, I, I hope he's all right with you. Basil, okay. Yeah. Basil, yeah. <laughs> I hope he's all right with you uh, giving out that information, Jules. Oh, well, he's he posted it on his social media, so I'd, I'd say that he's oh, okay, right that's with right. it. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, Barks, hope we're not here to talk well, about... Baz. Yeah, I hope you're better, Baz. Um, Lockie, how's the, the new year treating you so far? I understand you just got back from a, a bit of a running camp. 
Yeah, so uh, thank you. No, New Year's been good. Um, so we were, uh, for the runners out there, I know there's a few that kind of listen, um, there's a, uh, a lot of the distance runners go up to Falls Creek here in Victoria each year over the New Year's sort of period and um, go away for a running camp. So, yeah, no, I have just returned back from that one. So 10 days, a little bit shorter than we would normally go, but um, just accommodation and COVID and all that kind of stuff uh, resulted in, in it not being as long, but yeah, no, um, very much returned from that. So that's a good start. And I don't know where the holidays went, but might be able to get away um, <laughs> sometime this year. We'll see. Do you think you've had enough running for the time being, or is there some more planned on the, the near future? Uh, always had enough running, um, but unfortunately <laughs> one of my jobs requires me to continue going. <laughs> no, no, I like, I like it. It's, um, it does get hard at times, but um i'm somewhat good at it so i'll get going uh, very modest because i um i was saying we were saying before the show sir that uh Locke and i actually follow each other on strava uh god's app really it's the best oh. social media platform so we can talk about it now Jules. we can talk about, to talk about it when we're uh, no i'm call. just not i don't want to reveal any times but um i think like he's being a bit modest there he's um his running is more than just average or okay he's an he's an elite runner um, who used to, I believe, be a, a star on the track as well. So don't sell yourself short here. There are Olympians on the mountain, though. So oh, <laughs> comparing myself to them is uh, I'm well down. So no, no, it's good fun. It's there's about 400 distance athletes that go up there. So it's a pretty sort of um, good crew of um, runners, and especially if you're a distance runner, it's a sort of a must experience um, thing for them. So I've been fortunate to go for quite a number of years, but. Um, a lot of juniors and stuff coming through so no, it's been fun that's that's for, good to hear for somebody that doesn't run 10 days of running camp albeit shorter than you normally do sounds more than enough to me Lockie. speaking of running um let's run through everybody's well probably favorite segment i reckon you know you're all about the one minute brief so let's kick it off welcome to the one minute brief your time starts now <laughs> Do you have a nickname and what is it? Um, oh, the probably most basic one is Lockie. Um, uh, a lot of guys at school used to call me Rainer. Um, and I have one with football umpiring that I do. They call me, it's just a play on my surname. It's called Raynor. Um, and they called me Nor. I don't know where it's come from. Um, and speaking of Strava, there's, uh, I don't know how much your listeners and viewers would know, but um, you can create segments, like little sections. Um, and when we used to train down at Icon Park, um, Carlton's, home they they used they named a segment uh the norse for whatever reason and i don't know if it's um created and it was like a 70 meter sprint and everyone would try it would be where we would do our run-throughs and everyone would try and get it so that's kind of stuck unfortunately but um kind of depends on where i'm at <laughs> i thought we were going to go for when you said you had a footy nickname some insult that you got <laughs> somewhat <laughs> player-led insult tumpires it's um, just blurred i don't remember any of that stuff big beep um what is your job title uh so i am uh with day job website coordinator at the australian grand prix corporation nice um do you have a favorite bit of content you've worked on uh yeah so i've got a few um i kind of and for different reasons i so i um previously to working at the uh, grand prix corporation i was at little athletic victoria um so one of the bits of content i did there um, I mean, it wasn't for any sort of viewership reasons or anything like that, but it was um, a pretty 
good campaign that we did. And it was around, there's a campaign called Let Kids Be Kids. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's basically around um, uh, uh, like sport, junior sport participation and um, making sure that people aren't sort of abusing or yelling out um, to kids or umpires, et cetera, from the sidelines. So we're able to work um, with um, uh, children from uh, I don't know who the youngest was, but it would have been maybe seven or eight year old through to sort of 15 um, year olds um, to work on this campaign um, that did really well. So that was one of the positive, um, really uh, good ones um, that we did. And a few other ones, um, so largely in athletics. So we did, um, I'm sure you'll probably touch on it, but I do a lot of um, live streaming uh, stuff um, in what we do. Um, we did one event um, in Canberra, uh, which was sort of a bit of a goal for us where we had um, a team in Canberra and a team in Melbourne and sort of produced sort of different, um, uh, two different streams of an athletics meet, the pretty major state championship meet um, remotely. So we, um, uh, it's, it's a part-time gig for me and for the people that sort of do what we do um, to be able to sort of send a, a team of um, camera operators and um, say a producer to, a, a different state and then remote produce it from Melbourne with commentary. Um, yeah. As I said, for sort of part-time um, don't do it, do it for a bit of love to be able to kind of get the technology and all that kind of stuff working from that point of view. That was a really um, uh, sort of, I guess, proud moment of sort of the, the business that um, I, I started and have been able to um, have other people help with. So they're probably sort of the main ones that stick out. One that I didn't release, um, and I won't mention names, but I um, we produced a, a, another behind-the-scenes uh, bit of content with a pretty well-known sprinter um, where we went to a national championships and sort of filmed their lead-up to their races and their um, heats and finals, et cetera. Unfortunately, the coach vetoed it, so we couldn't release it. Um, oh. But... For a sport like athletics where it doesn't sort of get that kind of coverage, um, the behind the scenes and being able to sort of uh, show how he interacted with his coach in the lead up to it and uh, to each series of race, heat, semi-final, final um, was really cool. And we'll look to do more of that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, that one won't ever see the <laughs> see the um, light of day, but um, that they're probably a few different for different reasons. Um, they're the main bits of content um, that I'm proud of. Bit of cutting room floor stuff there, Barks. Yeah. Yeah, we, lo we love that. Yeah. That sounds um, hugely disappointing to not be able to release that. I think we've all got those bits that you, you think, oh, this is going to go so well, like really love putting together and then one thing is a difference maker and you just, it's just such a killer. Um, but that live stream sounds really impressive in terms of like the effort and scale of it. Uh, we get all sorts of answers for this one, Lockie. What is your best non-work skill? Now, I was thinking about this one. Do, so I have, obviously, I do my football umpiring. So, like, if I was, you was talking about my football umpiring, my best non-work skill would probably be the digital stuff that I do. But if you're talking about my day job, the best probably skill I've got is, I guess, athletics or running. Um, so, I don't know. I'll take one of those. I Probably want something running. obscure. Uh, I want something out there. Yeah, I don't know. No, I won't put you on the spot. These never go for one minute. Um, <laughs> oh, all right. You've added one on me. One skill you wish you had, says Jules. Um, 
<laughs> one skill I, I think, and it is in a digital space. I one of the YouTubers that I watched that really got me into digital media. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he was an athlete um, by the name of Jon Olsen. I don't know if you, either of you have ever heard of him. He used to be a Swedish um, uh, ice skater, not ice skater, um, snowboarder. Um, and he makes all these YouTube vlogs, etc. Um, I highly encourage you to check them out. They're the most um, thrilling. He's a Red Bull athlete um, uh, videos uh, I've ever really seen. Um, and if I could make videos like that, I'd be uh, a very happy man. So that's probably the one skill. Um, we'll probably talk about it later. But I um, to be able to sort of nail down the video side of uh, the craft, um, the digital craft would be something that I... Um, would really like to do and sort of the the aspect and the the genre that this guy does um, is probably where I'd look to sort of take it. I've just written his name down. FI. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to give that a look. But um, just jumping back for a second here, Bark's telling me I'm the the most unprepared, unprofessional person in this podcast, and he doesn't even realise that I've added a question to the to the one minute brief. Well, a bit of background You're here wanker. is that, well, this this week, we, we preach it all the time. you got to tune out. So, did I read this thoroughly last night? No, I didn't because I'm off work this week. But this isn't work. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, all right. I don't have any contact. I'll move on. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll move on to some more um, structured questions because uh, even from that little short period, you get like just a glimpse of how much you actually do, Lockie. But let's wind it back to the start. You've got huge passion in athletics from a young age, I imagine. And then you you discover the world of kind of like digital media. At what stage did you realize that you could kind of combine those two and, and make it into something more? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I started athletics oh, when I was a kid, little last five years old. Um, probably... I, I guess probably the most notable, um, I have a company or a brand, athletic brand name called Athletics Exclusive. Um, so that started in 2013. Um, so that's kind of the, probably the first time that I combined what I do in IT um, and digital um, with athletics. So that started as really just a sort of a, a content and a um, athletics coverage We'd write web articles, go down, take photos, very sort of basic stuff. Um, I was just out of school um, and did that. And that grew pretty quickly. There's not a lot of those kinds of things in athletics here in Australia. Um, and a couple of other ones sort of do Australia, but focus internationally as well. So we were kind of just domestically covered. Um, so that grew really quickly um, and probably landed me my first job at Little Athletics Victoria as well. So, um, it, and then once I got that a few years, it kind of stopped. So I kind of couldn't really run an athletics brand website whilst working for one of the state organisations. So that kind of stopped until I discovered the live streaming side of it. Um, so I actually came into digital media. I fell into it through what I did at Little Athletics and with this brand. I was actually studying business IT. So I kind of come in from the to the digital space. Um, I find probably a lot of people in my sort of have come in from almost a marketing um, side background. I come in from an IT background, so I built websites, um, sort of like the technology aspect of it, and that's how I fell into fell into it. So yeah, I, I got into Little Ass, and then it led into live streaming, which I sort of revamped up that brand that we were able to create. 
So you, it sounds like you had kind of more of the technical side of everything that you then developed through like um, athletics exclusive uh, for the website and the streaming and stuff. Did you, was there ever difficulty harnessing that into a bit more of a creative side and, and, and working on what people want to see and, and creating content in that space? Yeah, definitely. And it's one of the probably big focuses of my move from Little Athletics to the Grand Prix Corporation. Um, we're at Little Athletics, we're staff, staff of seven. Um, I was the only IT, social, digital, marketing, sponsorship, et cetera, Everything. person. Yeah. <laughs> so the creative aspect was something that um, I could do, but as you probably no doubt aware, it does. it's pretty hard to sort of come up with stuff on your own all the time. Um, so being able to work, uh, move to a bigger organisation like the Grand Prix where there's five people year-round in the um, digital team plus graphics people, et cetera, that sit within the broader marketing um, has been really good for being able to bounce ideas off, um, create that um, creative aspect of um, what we do um, because, yeah, as, as you were saying, sort of coming in from the IT boring sort of side of <laughs> no creativity, um, moving, into, <laughs> um, <laughs> moving into, um, yeah, the more uh, being able to just work with people, I think, sort of helps. I mean, you can come up with ideas on your own, but, yeah, the more people you can bounce them off is, has definitely helped. Absolutely. I always like to say there's uh, there's creativity in every single job you do. So don't don't think anything IT related is not creative because I'm sure there's a hundred of thousands of different ways you can be creative as a, an IT expert. I mean, neither Barks or I could build a website to save our lives. So that involves a lot of creativity. Um, I guess like touching on something that we, we haven't had, I don't think we've had a founder on our show yet, Barks, really, have we? Yeah. I guess the highlights club. Scott, oh, Scott, Scott yeah, Scott, yeah, yeah, founder. Shout out. Uh, shouldn't forget that. <laughs> uh, but like from actually starting a company, like take us through that. How do you how do you find the number one the motivation, the inspiration, and then making it all happen? Because I imagine it's a it's a long process to get something like that off the ground. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a company in the the um, from the point of view that. Uh, creating websites that started as for friends and stuff like that obviously grew. Uh, I know there's been a few people on your podcast that have spoken about it. it's something that started as a hobby then quickly became a, uh, something that people wanted you to uh, pay you to do. Um, so that's kind of how the, the rain and media side of the business came about. Um, and we're looking at sort of expanding that into an actual um, partnership or a company um, moving forward in next year or so so it's more of just a sole, sole tradership where it's um we are um largely for the live stream aspect of what we've been doing um uh, you do need a business behind it especially when you're doing it for bigger organizations and you're um employing quite a few contractors etc to do different roles so um that that was grown out of that but we're looking now at being uh, uh if uh if i had to sort of shake a crystal ball and what what I want to do in the future, like having a content sort of agency type um, set up where we've got a uh, like a studio with a, an old decked out factory type thing with a podcast room and a, a studio where people can film stuff is definitely the goal. And if I could take it there, that would be, um, that would be something that I would, I would look to do with this um, business. Sounds like that sounds awesome. Like I think you're right. Like there's 
it seems like there's quite a jump from local or smaller scale stuff for individual athletes and bucks you'd probably agree with this in terms of them being able to produce their own content before you get to then the big time stuff where it's like clubs or networks and stuff like that so what's what's the bridge in the middle that still helps promote a lot of what's going on and create great content for them um that's accessible for your everyday athlete or your everyday club or whatever it might be so that sounds really awesome man especially the plans like geez that that got me excited just thinking about um the potential of all that a lot of my um i guess influence and kind of probably don't talk about it a lot but a lot of the influence that has come from what i've done is from watching youtubers uh watching streamers on twitch um a lot of the inspiration that we take from um for our athletics live streams that we do um i wanted to move away from your traditional broadcasts where it's sort of very the broadcaster sort of speaks to the audience whereas sort of you i find it sort of amazing that you can turn on a twitch stream and a twitch can have i don't know half uh five hundred thousand sort of viewers and they're talking back and forth to them so that's what i really want to bring in and that's kind of the the inspiration for a lot of what i do um i um have a few hats though um so <laughs> time timing of what um of how much time i can put into this business aspect and the content creation um has always been sort of a bit of a barrier but i mean i'm learning and there's plenty of time to sort of do those kinds of things but yeah that's the that's the big big goal um sometime in the future yeah, awesome. I think I think it sounds really um it almost, it sort of speaks volumes to like I think you mentioned it how many, how many people we've spoken to that where they are today or the reason we've asked them on the podcast um it started from them doing their own thing and um I'm not saying to everyone out there go start a random side hustle just because but if you do have an idea or something that you think could work just do it because yeah you like your example listening to where like how it's helped you I just find that really cool um. But we'll go on to, um, I, I guess, a bit more. You mentioned the Grand Prix side of things, but moving from, you mentioned from such a small one-person team and yourself to moving to such a bigger team. Um, for those people, I guess me and Jules are one, that don't know a lot about the motorsport industry in terms of the digital and content. Um, very broad question, but do you have a favourite thing about it that sort of summarises, I guess, what you enjoy about it? Um, motorsport is probably really funny because I... Other than knowing a car has four wheels and a, a steering wheel, I, I don't know <laughs> technically a lot about the cars. And I think it's really strange that it's probably, oh, it would be hard. It's hard because I'm so involved in athletics and AFL, but it's probably one of my favourite sports to watch because, mm. um, uh, because of how they've been able to draw you in. And um, I remember... Probably the, although I watched maybe the Australian Grand Prix and like your Monaco Grand Prix that sort of draw the big attention um, since Liberty Media. So I don't know, um, the Formula One changed ownerships um, 2016, 17 um, to a new, to, to a new media pretty much organization. And they, from that moment on, they completely changed. They were sort of pretty closed off in what they do, but now they're sort of a digital um, uh that they, the, their expansion into digital has been huge um, and have really been able to tell a story and I think bring people like me in um, to, a, to a sport that maybe a lot of people probably don't know the real technical elements to it, but for whatever reason, they have fell in love with 
the storytelling or the the athletes themselves. Um, I remember I with my first, my job at Lulas, um, we were actually working within the Albert Park precinct. So three months leading in, the walls would start coming up. Um, and you just get that sense of excitement. Probably a lot of people have been to like the Australian Open where you sort of, um, a lot of people go there just for the, the bands and the bars and the, the event experience. And I think that's kind of what we've tried to create at the Grand Prix, um, especially with the, the Formula One. Um, it's just an event that you kind of want to be a part of and, um, and then hopefully, I guess, follow the sport more closely. Um, uh, obviously, we've got the Formula One um, drive to survive Netflix um, that has definitely brought in more fans um, uh, to the sport, um, and I, I, it just shows it from a different um, different light. But the fact that you can follow a sport and not really technically follow it, I think, is sort of quite amazing. And a lot of that, I believe, would come down to the digital sort of side of how they've sold it, how they've told the stories um, of the athletes. I was going to say, do you think that actually helped you in terms of? creating content not knowing anything really about the sport and athletes yeah so um it's a bit weird so how the grand prix corporation works is we we're the event promoter for um the formula one event and the moto gp um event later on in the year in october um so i guess we've kind of got a bit different goals to formula one themselves as we're kind of promoting the event and victoria and sponsors etc cetera, etc cetera. um but obviously that's kind of hard because you're the Formula One Grand Prix, corporate, uh, you're the Australian Formula One. So there's an element of, okay, you've got to con- um, cover Formula One. That's kind of, people don't really understand the, <laughs> the event promoter side of things. So um, yeah, it is because you got to, I, I guess you've got to be a bit more creative in terms of, okay, we can't just grab footage from um, Fox Sports here in Australia and chuck that on of Daniel Ricciardo. We've got to be a bit smarter yeah. in terms of how we, um, how we plan for things, uh, how can we use um, these drivers and uh, what they're doing on a sort of a race weekend, um, but create that into sort of useful content. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and we will get into the Drives to Survive Netflix series because I'm excited to talk about it because I'm one of those people that have never watched anything to do with the F1 before that, but we have some fan questions um, where we'll dive into it. But um, I guess, yeah, on top of that, with... I guess your experience with athletics, you said you're familiar with the AFL world, obviously the content from that. Do you think there's anything you could sort of take from what you know with that that could be areas of growth that you'd love to do with um, motorsport? Like is there anything that you think you could take from it? Yeah, definitely. So I am, I when I was, when you guys asked me to be on this, I it's almost, I don't really, I look at, let's say you guys and what Formula One teams do and they're like, the graphics and um, what you talk about on the podcast. And I know you've had guests. And I'm like, far out. I can't do any of that. <laughs> and I, I think there's other, I guess what I'm, I'm like, oh, do I, am I a content creator? But um, I am. But I think there's obviously different ways to um, create content. And I'm always going to be just with whether it's what I do or the lifestyle I have, it's, I need to have the content that sort of works for me and what I really like viewing. And one of the things that I really enjoy, and it came from Formula One and aspects have gone into AFL and I'll try and bring them into athletics as well, is a lot of the behind the scene organic 
content. Um, I love doing all the live stuff that we do, um, but that's kind of where I think we will go um, with a lot of uh, the Formula One. As I said, we can't really use broadcast vision um, without jumping through quite a few hoops. So we've got to think about, okay, how can we um, still promote the event without the sort of on-track action? But it's all this behind the scenes, what people, I think, to me, when I watch, um, uh, I know AFL did it with their documentary on Amazon, um, but Formula One do a fair bit of behind the scenes um, action. That's what I really love watching. Um, so that's kind of what I think we can bring to um, to our Formula One event here in Australia is, okay, we can't, yeah, we can't do the broadcast stuff that's covered, but okay, let's, how do we set up the event? The feeling, I, I know the feeling I get when all the walls go up and the, the tracks starts to be built um similar feeling to like when we're fortunate to be able to walk out onto the mcg i'm sure you guys sort of get it you, you just know that feeling and to be able to sort of display that and be able to try and sort of um give uh your communities or your viewers etc a little bit of an insight into that i think is um what we'll try and do um and what we'll have to do content wise um and i don't i mean the graphics are amazing and great I can't do them, so I've got to stick to what I can do. And what I can do is probably more organic um, stuff, um, real-time, live. Um, so that I think that's kind of what I'll I'll bring to it. And, yeah, as I said, I was kind of like, oh, am I really a content creator? But um, I think you are. It's just obviously content comes in a whole bunch of way, different shapes and sizes, yeah. et cetera. I think content is such a loose term. So I think that's really important. Like content is so – well, it's, it's basically individual – for everyone for like whoever sees content is completely different to the next person it's like the whole create creative in your job kind of debate like there's no doubt that you're a content producer like and from everything that you've done but what what i really appreciate about what you just said there is like putting yourself in the the fan shoes and being like well if i can't get to the event what is it that i actually want to see what don't i get from a broadcast or like the actual teams themselves and as the, the Australian Grand Prix Corporation, like you have that benefit of not having to align yourself to, to one team, I guess, as well. Like you can go around and, and cover the event as a whole, which gives you, you know, that gives the drive to survive fans or like or anyone that's brought in from that kind of thing, the overview of everything that they want to see. They can still see all their favorite drivers. They don't have to tune out to a different place. They can get it all in one um, one spot and really get that sense of FOMO that, we all long to, to create with that um, organic kind of like behind the scenes content. It's it's um it's exciting, isn't it? Like to, to think about the potential now, especially and it may be something else to touch on, but we haven't had a Grand Prix for the last two years or Yeah, so we've yeah. missed two years of Grand Prix. So by the time this one rolls around it'll be three years pretty much Jeez. to the day. Yeah. Does that does that factor into your your planning a lot in terms of how big you you're going to go? Um, yeah, well, it's it's quite funny because so of our digital team, I sort of touched on we three of the five of us will be new, so three of yeah. five of us wouldn't have done an event, including our senior manager. So I think there's room now to sort of we've got a blank sort of canvas, we can cover it however we want, um, but also taking into consideration it's a four day event, so you can't really do um uh you can't just spam um massive amounts of content so you've got to be um a bit choosy in terms of how you're going to cover and what people really want um and also 
the fans that come along to our event um, and don't want to talk marketing speak, but you've got your sort of diehard motorsport fans and then you've got um, the ones that just want to come along for the cultural sort of experience and then you've got your hospitality fans that sort of are up in the sort of hospitality suites, et cetera. So you kind of got to cater for all of those and how do you do that through a digital um, space is um, uh, is going to, I guess, be the challenge but an exciting challenge um, to cover cover the sport. Oh, please, let's talk more marketing. Let's talk audience <laughs> segments. Let's talk personas. Yeah. I could do it all day. But that, that, re- nah, piss off, Barks. That, that feeds <laughs> in really well, too. I guess, like, the next question is, like, how do you plan all these different types of content? Um, when you're, like you said, three out of five of your team are, are new, you're not really sure exactly what you're going to get. How do you go about planning all this stuff when, yeah, you, you're not sure what's coming? Yeah. Um, I don't know, and I'm only going to speak for myself here. So, um, if anyone from <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> no, I, Fuck, I you guys got any ideas? <laughs> I, I think I think you're always going to know the stuff that is going to be guaranteed covering, covered from the point of view in terms of any sponsorship requirements or um, uh, uh, race results, um, practice session results. So I think you can kind of lock in a lot of that. Um, we've got a, a, quite a few ideas to work with um, individual content creators, um, here from Australia. Um, so we'll be working with those guys to try and, um, elevate, um, the event itself without, um, as I touched on before, you can only do so much through your own channel. So it's about giving sort of a voice to the ones that already promote the sport themselves through their own channels. So a we lot must of work have missed will be our done. invite box. <laughs> must have missed it. It, no. must, it must be stuck in the, your inbox somewhere. Well, maybe the next couple of weeks. It's right. We'll put, just um, Ricardo. Touch up on your, touch up on your uh, <laughs> Formula One knowledge and you're not getting invited. <laughs> um, but a lot of that, a lot of live. And um, yeah, so I kind of, when I was talking to you about it, I'm like, oh, we don't, haven't locked in a lot of the stuff that we're doing yet. But um, I mean, it's, it's, we have ideas in terms of we want to do more live stuff. We want to do stuff with content creators. There's obviously going to be the standard um, things that we know that you can just kind of almost design now what time it's going to happen, what time the races begin, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but other than that, it's going to be um, a bit of um, uh, almost wait and see to an extent in terms of, okay, what's working well? We'll do a lot of coverage on the bands and the cultural side of things. Um, behind the scenes vision of um, there's a, a popular thing in Melbourne called the Melbourne Walk, which is where the the sort of the walk between where the drivers and all the teams park um, and then walk into the paddock where it's um, pretty unique to Melbourne. There's only a couple of other Formula One events where um, it's guaranteed sort of access to all the drivers and the teams. So um, uh, people who are at the event can line up and go get signatures. So we'll be able to do behind the scenes stuff on that. Um, that they'll be able to do. Um, the paddock is pretty exclusive in terms of who's allowed in there. So um, we'll do content on that. But yeah, so, I mean, it's pretty exciting. Not a lot's locked in at the moment, but we definitely have ideas. Um, and I think a lot of, you can plan so much, but you kind of also have to leave a bit of room for, okay, what happens if this happens on the event? Okay, well, if, I, I don't want to say it, but a few years ago, Ricardo crashed on the first Mm. um lap so okay well what are you going to do there you're not going to a lot of your ricardo reaction <laughs> stuff that you're going to do obviously probably isn't going to work um that well so you kind of have to leave a bit of room um for that plus 
um, which we don't know a lot of at the moment, is how we can work with the individual teams. Um, McLaren is obviously a big one with uh, Danny Rick um, there, but we've also got Alpine, which is um, Oscar Piastri, which you might not know. He's the um, F2 champion. Yep. Aussie guy, so he won't be nice. Job, nice. Like, I've done I've done some research, yeah. <laughs> but he's really popular. So whenever yeah. we post about him, he's um he gets a lot of traction and sort of he's hopefully going to be our next Australian um in Formula One. So um no doubt he'll be at the event. So what content we'll do with him will depend on his schedule and what he's doing with the team as well. So um a, a lot of different ideas, but yeah, nothing super duper locked in. <laughs> Yet, but yeah, with so much of us being new, it is a bit of an opportunity to sort of do our own thing, working the skills and the um, expertise in the area. Um, our senior managers from Visit Victoria so has done a lot of work with, um, I guess, bigger names when they come to the to the city and promoting how to sort of integrate promotion of Victoria along with the event. So um, yeah, a lot of cool ideas, but we'll um, yeah, at the moment I can't give you too much because it's not there yet. <laughs> Hey everyone, hope you're enjoying the chat so far. This is a bit of a longer episode, so if you want to pause it, you should pause it here so you don't forget where you are. That's just the type of guys we are. See how considerate? You're bloody welcome. Enjoy the rest of the show after this. You you touched on this a bit, um, but just for like our knowledge, and I don't even know if you know this, so it's fine if not, but like you touched on who's actually there on the ground on game day, so... Do you guys have a content creator you send down there? Do individual teams, like obviously with Carlton, we know we've got a couple of people on the ground, a couple of people at the office. Like who is actually there from, I guess, the world that we're interested in? Is this from our event or from any? So like, yeah, for like, so for the F1 here. Yes. Um, What content sort of people are actually on the ground? Yeah, so um, quite a few. So we have probably at the moment, we have seven full time in the digital space um including graphic designers web social etc um on game day our videographers go from one person a year to about 15 um wow uh and then our social team we probably i think we had six other people so they're um like writers who will write articles for us social media people um and then sort of some that focused on individual channels like instagram stories etc etc so that's how it's been done in the past but i think we go from 65 staff to close to 300 um that's that's insane um yeah so our digital team grows from yeah five to seven if you count the graphic designers who technically sit within the marketing not in the digital um yeah expands quite a bit so expands almost 30 people um on a formula one event Sorry. Yeah. And then do each individual team have a couple of content people? Would McLaren have like their own videographer and photographer and whatnot? Yeah. So we, um, for our event, I guess we, they kind of operate um, uh, almost solely on their own stuff compared to us. So yeah, they would have video people that would come along. I couldn't tell you exactly. I'm sure it sort of varies from Mm. team to team, but yeah, no, they definitely bring their own content people along to each event. And then I'd imagine some of them have a lot of their teams back in Europe um, that sort of produce different stuff on the ground that they get sent to. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but yeah, we, I guess our job is mainly to focus on the Australians and the sort of the promotion of the Formula One event, but the teams themselves will 
um, have already, by the time they'll get to our event, they would have already done two other Formula One events, had a week off and then come to Australia. And I think they're sort of off after that straight away. So they kind of get in and out. We focus on one event and they get in and out um, and fly off to their next country um, for the following week. So nuts. Like international sports, just a, a, a different beast. Like I can't, like, I can't put my finger on it. Even like, I guess from a, not an international thing, but like you think smaller scale, like you think digital and social teams in America where they're um, traveling to like 50 different states covering like sport every week. And then you compare it to something like the AFL where it's like, all right, cool. Uh, You're going to be in Melbourne for six rounds and then you might go up to Sydney, fly in, fly out, be back in Melbourne for another. Like it's just, it's on another level. It's okay. Yeah. I can't imagine the sheer amount of content captured and then the people and or you and including yourself have to decide what <laughs> yeah. to do with all of it because it's like such a big, you said it's a four-day event. Like I can't imagine the amount of stuff you guys get. You, you sort of actually, the second part of this question is, um, well, you sort of touched on it, but do you, I guess in, in the way we work with the AFL from the team side of thing, Carlton. So do you work on content with the individual teams? Yeah, so mainly we work with um, Formula One um, themselves and Dorna probably, who Dorna, sorry, are the owners of MotoGP. Um, so we work with them probably more than the individual teams, unless we're doing something specifically with the Australian drivers or riders. Um, uh, that's kind of the only time we would work with, with the team. Um, and whether that be purely like interview requests or um, we want to grab content from something that they've done, car launches, um, et cetera. That's kind of when we would work with them. Um, Largely, I guess our focus is to promote our Grand Prix event. Um, Yeah. And what it offers um, for the state of Victoria. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of our main focus. We do a little bit and there's definitely, and one of the reasons, I guess, one of the, cool things I know about following your guys' podcast is I didn't do a lot of that, um, a lot of the networking and the mm. stuff before um, really gaining an insight on how much other people do in that area. And I know it's definitely been a discussion that we have had with regards to, hey, can, let's get in a room with, say, the social and the digital people from, say, McLaren um, at these events and find out what they do, how they operate. Can we do any collaborations? Um uh, they've obviously got a massive audience themselves, but I mean, we have a sort of a, a big one here in Australia. So like those discussions will definitely be had, but they're sort of more just ad hoc um, when we've got a bit of content that we want to do that we would require, but it would be mainly focused around Australians. We wouldn't really ever do anything with the teams if they didn't have an Australian driver there. That's so awesome though. You get to have the chance to talk to like people from places like McLaren or imagine like for example, if um, an Australian driver went to Ferrari, like you get to talk to them, or even in the the MotoGP, like the the big guns over there. That's a that's a huge network that you get to build, and and a lot of creators that you get to tap into. There's also um, uh, a lot of Australians that have sort of gone over um, from a digital point of view that have gone over yeah. and worked for some of these companies. So we definitely try and keep in touch with those those um, people to sort of find out what they're doing and yeah uh, i mean it's a big networking game but um when the sort of formula one circus 
as such comes to town, it, they bring in a lot of people and a lot of knowledge. And I think it's just tapping into that as much as possible. Um, we've obviously all got our own tasks to do, um, but I mean, learning off each other and helping where you can is definitely a, um, something we'll look at. It's definitely one of the great things about the industry as well. Like I feel like everyone's willing to, to stop and, and share some well, like trade secrets that aren't really trade secrets because you're not always competing for the same audience. So it's all the better if you can um, you can kind of share them as well. I don't want to touch on the next question because you, you kind of touched on like, hey, you're not really sure of what the content that's going to come and I really rate that. But I guess from a, another point of view, what are you most excited about? Um, not just the, the Formula One that's coming up, but you've got the MotoGP towards the end of the year. Is there something that you're you're planning you don't have to tell us but like that you're really really excited about showing to to fans and the audiences after a couple of years of, of not being able to do any of this yeah um i think probably the most exciting is one of the sort of things i when i was starting the role i sort of asked about and i don't think we did a lot of but working with a lot of the other content creators in the area um in the space um there's quite a few australians and people from new zealand that will no doubt if they can come along to the event. Um, I think that's going to be a really big sort of avenue for what, what we do. Um, and I know that's how I got into the space originally. So I um, went along and you've touched on it. I know a lot of other people is that's how we kind of have gotten into the sports and the industries that we, we have is we started as building a website or going down and taking photos of athletics meets or um, doing video productions on the side. And you sort of fall, you, get into the the area you want. And I think we've got a platform for, might only be four days, but we've got a pretty big international platform that um, can sort of really elevate these people's um, profiles and and what they do. And in return, we know exactly sort of, like they make Formula One bigger and as such, they make it more exciting and um, uh, get a lot more people along to our events. So we do have a few ideas uh, touched on it around like podcasting, live podcasting, et cetera, et cetera, um, to, to do at the event. And these might not necessarily be purely F1 based um, stuff, but people that talk about it sort of lifestyle. Um, we have definitely in our mind that not everyone's an F1 fan that's coming along. So how do we cater for those? Um, but it's a it's a big thing, and um, we can uh, we have to think of I guess content ideas that are not just on our own platforms, but how we can sort of elevate. Um, we're sort of almost all in this together in terms of what they do and what we do. Um, we can help one another out, and I think that's one thing I'm really looking forward to is getting along a lot of these people that you see online and you um, you interact with or you talk with, um, but it's not until you sort of um, get them along to a, uh, an event and you can sort of help them out with the areas. But um, yeah, in turn, that promotes what we do. Yeah, awesome. That does sound very exciting. I think like getting people together to, to all worked on something big and whether that's, you know, externals, like you were just saying, or, you know, growing your current team to 300 on um, over the four days or whatever it might be, that's, that's nuts to just bring all those people together. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And obviously yep. the uh, the stuff that like it will be pretty cool. I don't know how it really works, but I presume we'll be interacting quite closely with the 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 media people of the and the digital people of the other teams, um, whether we're co- officially collaborating, but I mean just being in the same space with them and yeah. seeing what they're doing and um they I mean, we're a big organization from what we see, but the these McLarens and Ferraris and Red Bulls are 
ginormous in terms of what we are um, and what they are able to do and bring along and um, yeah to be a part of that um, even for only a few days a year um, will be really exciting let's jump into our fan questions and hey shout out to everyone that submitted a question we appreciate you um that point about not everyone being fans of formula one transitions very nicely to drive to survive which is a netflix series and that's what i've loved i know nothing about f1 but um the people the personalities and let's be honest the drama is what i've really i guess hooked me on it how have you noticed things changed since i guess that's come out i know you said you've only been there you said six months right but how have you noticed, I guess, the audience shift since um, the massive Drive to Survive, I guess, popularity or how popular it's been? Yeah. Um, well, I guess the the most sort of uh, easiest way to um, sort of to see that is, I mean, the popularity of, of the event that we've got coming up um, in April this year. Um, that's, um, I, I don't know how far back we would have to go, but it would be early 2000s. Um, in terms of the seating arrangements and the the tickets and all that kind of stuff that we that we've have to put on. So from a pure um, uh, from measuring that point of view, in terms of that, you you can kind of see it. But I think from a personal point of view, um, I think it really hit home um, when we had the sort of the last race of the season, or when Daniel Ricciardo does really well. How much just of my own sort of friends that I didn't even know like Formula One would share Instagram <laughs> yeah. stories or um uh even when i got the job would ask about tickets and all that kind of stuff um <laughs> that comes along I, I think that's kind of where you start to see okay this is actually very popular um if if only it was most races weren't on at uh, 11 p.m 12 a.m 1 a.m um, <laughs> we'd yeah. probably see more of it but i, I think you do I, i've definitely noticed a shift in the um just the general uh, people engaging with the content and um, engaging with the athletes um, from a personal point of view more than anything um, has increased quite quite substantially and yeah the last race of the season everyone sort of people I sort of hadn't spoken about messaging around what I thought of the the Verstappen Hamilton um, last lap stuff um, yeah from people that you didn't even know really know um, watch the sport and I think you do have to really put that down to um among other things but a really big change was the the f1 netflix drive to survive uh show that they created because yeah a lot of people have have um obviously found that and it's brought in a new sort of audience to um to the show to to the um sport power of netflix (laughs) has that has that changed how you communicate um at all like in terms i guess just your Almost his social personality, but in terms of the way you post, I guess. Um, oh, look, I, I couldn't probably tell you just because of how short yeah. I've been at the organisation. Um, but I think like any, everything in digital, we um, get almost real-time um, uh, measurements and um, uh, feedback in terms of what people want, what people really engage with. We know that um daniel obviously does really well but we know that um oscar and jack doan who are sort of two junior drivers coming up through the um f2 and f3 really do really well on socials so a lot of the um, focus um goes towards um those guys we know obviously some drivers do a lot better than others etc so i think it's just digital um 
uh, as a as um, as a thing in terms of you you can move pretty quick and you can shift um, based on um, the real time sort of results that you get based on sort of what people are talking about. So um, probably naturally, but I think we would have anyway. Um, I don't think anything has. Um, uh, gone too much to the drive to survive. What I think probably has played a big role is um, when the drive to survive came out um, and a lot of new fans jumped on board is the first season was actually really focused on the junior drivers. So um, a lot of drivers that were coming up from F2 um, into F1 um, that I think, I, I don't know, but I feel like it probably makes it a bit easier to get into a new sport when there's sort of new drivers or new athletes that are um are there, or you always feel like you're following their journey along rather than sort of trying to come into something where it's well established and you don't really know who these people are. Um, but where, if you can start the journey with them um, and yet the first season Drive to Survive sort of came in a, in a time when sort of three or four from F2 got promoted into F1 and I think it just hit almost at a perfect time um, for that. I'm probably one of the few people that haven't watched Drive to Survive yet so I'm going to have to jump on that. But it's always interesting to hear how much that has impacted. I like, I, I would back you a hundred percent and say that like even without the show, the way that you communicate about Grand Prix or MotoGP would have changed drastically from before the series anyway. But it, it's always nice to have the the boost of, um, a Netflix doco like for example, what was the the Michael Jordan one, the the Last Dance, and we Last Dance, yeah. yeah, when we spoke to Camille from the Bulls, he was saying like that was just great from a like historical point of view they they didn't even have to really post anything more or anything less they just got this huge audience that was once again interested in the sport which you know whether you're you're actively seeking out those fans or or posting stuff that um benefits them it's it's just nice to have the extra followers and extra attention i imagine um one from uh other super fan uh casey um big in the athletic space. I'm sure you two have <laughs> crossed paths at, at some stage. But she asked, um, have you found many similarities or differences between athletics and motorsport? Uh, I've found a lot of differences. I, I think, yeah, I, I think, and I mean, it's probably AFL as well. Um, the real, I think a real benefit to athletics is um, the accessibility you have to athletes is and probably because of its size and they kind of they don't get sort of the mainstream media that um the other sports um get is i can go an email or dm or send a message to an olympic athlete and ask them to do something and they'll say yes <laughs> and so that accessibility i think is um is really unique to athletics um and needs to really be encouraged to try and get that sport um, on the map more than sort of the, the once or twice um, every four years or um, et cetera, when the Commonwealth Games or the Olympic Games come along. So um, probably not from that point of view. Um, yeah, it's more, uh, I mean, it's the same from a, the, the athletes and they doing an incredible job at what they do. And I mean, I haven't done a motorsport event, so I can't really tell you that. But I, I think there is a big difference between the two sports. Um, and yeah, the, the I mean, each have their benefits. Um, F1's obviously massive um, and it can, it sort of, you don't, you are almost 
have an advantage in terms of creating content because it's already got a really big, well-established audience, whereas athletics, you've got to work a bit harder, but the accessibility is much better. So you can get athletes to do a lot more um, that you just can't do with um, Formula One or AFL athletes, um, et cetera, um, that you would be able to do with athletics. So um, each has their benefits, obviously, but um, yeah, they're, they're quite different. <laughs> so yep. It's all the question of what's better accessibility or like scale of operation really like yeah and nine times out of ten accessibility will be better i'd argue anyway like especially for what we we're trying to do um i don't know what you think barks but i don't really care at this stage you, you <laughs> I, don't, well, I, don't, I don't think you can do i don't think you can do anything with that accessibility um hairy one out of the talent in the rainer family where does rocky late him rate himself oh this is um, um from our, our COVID um, friend, Baz. Basil. <laughs> Co- COVID friend. <laughs> well, I'm the only one still doing athletics, so <laughs> all five of us. So um, That sums I'll, it up. Tick to me. <laughs> I, I reckon we can shed a little bit more light of, on this. So there's the five Rainers, am, am I correct in saying that? And yeah. so there's obviously yourself um, who has done VFL and AFL umpiring. Um, athletics and now is a, a big one in the digital space then there's johnny if i'm correct is that cousin or brother no brother so johnny brother. my older brother um, yep. so he was a um he was a very good runner um so went um did world juniors and stuff like that so sort of top runner but sort of struggled with a few injuries and was drafted to essendon for a year um so definitely had that but he's um <laughs> Not in sport anymore, so <laughs> so you claim that. So I claim that <laughs> at the top of the tree, and then um, we'll move away from the Rainer side of things, and we'll we'll talk about um, where I reckon you and I have got a bit of sixty degrees of separation, and that's your 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 cousin James, uh, who's on the Johnston side of things, and um, now. If we're ranking <laughs> don't, him, don't worry, if, if I'm, I'm lost as well. <laughs> if we're ranking him in the scale of things. Um, I reckon he'd go straight to the bottom of the tree, and oh. you don't have to say it, but I'll say it for wow. you. I reckon uh, Jono tried athletics once, and um, it wasn't yeah, a friend a to him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, Keep no, your no. head up, Jono. Don't listen to him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's. Um, oh, I'm sure he's doing very well. So <laughs> <laughs> we're just not in athletics space. <laughs> just not in the athletic space. Now, a very successful fireman, I believe, at the moment. Yes. So. Good on you, Jono. But yeah, we'll, we'll take you as number one in the Rainer slash Johnson family tree. We'll, we'll take that. Yeah, there's a few better Rainers than me in athletics at the moment. But yeah, fortunately, none of them are related. So I'm, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll, I'll stick with that. Barks, I'll done with your family tree. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, just try, trying to provide some some fun here. Come on, Barks, piss off. Last, last, speaking of fun, la, no, last set of uh, fan questions from my partner, Elise. Uh, you talk about the power of Drive to Survive. Well, Elise watched it with me. Um, we didn't know a thing about F1 or whatever. She's turned into the biggest nuffy I have seen, listening to podcasts like nonstop about whatever she can find. We've got a quick couple do you have a fave driver slash personality um, and follow-up is Kim, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce Raikkonen. this right, is Raikkonen as blunt as he seems because she's never seen him smile? <laughs> yeah, no, Kimmy's um, exactly uh, as you see on screen um, in person. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, <laughs> he seems great. <laughs> so he's a, definitely a fan favourite. My, um, excluding the Australians because um, 
we obviously follow them very much. Um, Pierre Gasly is actually my favorite driver. Um, so he drives for the second Red Bull team. Um, and uh, he got a chance at Red Bull and didn't, th- um, didn't really make much. But I don't really know why I sort of like um, follow him, but he's kind of an up-and-coming junior, sort of followed early on. And, um, yeah, kind of Lando Norris was a really big one who's Mc- uh, Daniel Ricciardo's teammate. Um, he did a lot of like Twitch streams from uh, the racetrack and um, would go home and would jump on Twitch and do a lot of content. So I really like that, but it's hard to like a, uh, <laughs> the driver that's competing against <laughs> the Australian. <laughs> yeah. um, so look, he's definitely a, a, a favorite as well. But um, yeah, Pierre Gasly's always been my favorite um, other than sort of Danny Rick and um, Oscar Piastri that's coming up through at the yeah. moment. Um, uh, what about team principal? Oh, do you have one? Uh, no, not really. Um, no? Okay, scrap that. <laughs> Sorry, Elise. No answer there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she had one. Maybe I'll ask her. Um, that is the end of the fan question, so thanks thanks again to everyone. Um, that's that's pretty on. much the end of the show as well. I think we're, um, we've taken up a, a lot of your time and we've got a lot of good insight for you. I'm going to ask one question to, to finish off, though. Um it's one I want to start asking all our guests, but what's your big prediction for for content this year? What what do you think is going to be the the big thing in twenty twenty two? I'm so glad I thought of this question because I know you have asked this previously. I'm like, what yeah. if they ask me that? What am I going to say? Um, I reckon, and I don't really know anything about it, so it's kind of hard to talk about the real specifics. But I think um, NFTs will play a big role, <laughs> but from a membership experience point of view so kind of think um almost airline frequent flyer um type setups where teams and clubs will start to release their own um nfts but instead of just having the digital um benefits of owning whatever the digital benefits of owning an nft is um they will actually reciprocate into physical um benefits like membership benefits say i don't know maybe from an afl club you might if you own a certain um quantity or it's worth a certain amount you might get go into the draw to win the grand or be able to purchase grand final tickets or there might be an experience at game day where an owner of nft will um uh will be able to enter um kind of so that's kind of what i think so nfts obviously and i don't know a lot about them but i think those clubs will start to use them in a more physical experience membership point of view rather than whatever they are at the moment <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to um, bust out barks's um pdf on what an nft is again <laughs> <laughs> which was i think i missed the most important bit about that but anyway i, I like that Lockie, because i i've thought it, it surely has to come into our space one way or another but like you i don't know a lot so i have no idea how it could but i like it let's go with it yeah i think like adding I think that's where these, especially Australian sports, you'd, you'd all know this, but like some of the people that you talk to are not the most um, up to date with stuff and would be like, oh, well, why would I buy that if I don't get any benefit? Well, here's your benefit as well, aside from mm. getting it's rich all the one day. common um, NFTs when you see them being sold on online and then you'll see someone take a screenshot of it and say, oh, yeah. this is mine now as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, like- but I, yeah, I, I think they'll... Um, NFTs are obviously very a big tech sort of thing, but I think when if they need to come to the like the sporting space and you need sort of the the common sort of punter 
um, buying into it, there will need to be a physical um, aspect to it. And I think sort of sports will be big on, okay, what can owning a, I don't know, one in 100 player Guernsey or whatever singlet um, NFT get me? And it might be an experience on game day or experience at the Grand Prix, et cetera. Just imagining, um, I reckon Dustin Martin's going to be the first one to do something with that. Or Mitch Robertson will be either one of them. I reckon that's my prediction for well, NFTs. Do any AFL clubs can... do NFT stuff at the moment? Um, they're looking into it. It's it's a hard one. I believe that they're trying to find a, a solution for, uh, I might not be able to say this, but I believe that the league's trying to <laughs> find, a, find a solution that um, fits all clubs because there are a lot of clubs interested in, in doing something. But obviously with, um, yeah, like working out the rights of who actually owns what to start with. Like if you've got a designer to at the club to produce something, does the designer technically own a portion of the rights to the NFT? I don't, so that's what I think they've got to work all that kind of stuff out. Or if you use broadcast footage in something, does the broadcaster technically have to give you permission? It's it's a messy space. But um, I'd say you'd probably bang on in, in saying that it's going to be something that happens this year. Yeah. And I, and I think where digital probably comes into it is digital are going to be the ones that have to try and almost bridge the gap between yeah. <laughs> what it is and um yeah those people that are like well i can screenshot it and i've got it <laughs> so what it's worth but okay if i can go down and get a membership experience that no one else can because i own a certain quantity or of the value um or or however it's divvied up i think that's probably sort of the space that's going to be there and digital will obviously play a big role in in selling that can, and promoting it can i just say the trouble that I'm sure a lot of people have had with QR codes in the older generation. If NFTs come into this, this is it's <laughs> not going to be. They'll leave. It'll ruin memberships. Anyway, Lucky, we've it's a Friday night. We've honestly taken up far too much of your time. So no, a massive thank you for um jumping on. It's actually it's been very, very cool to give us, I guess, an insight into your world. Um, I'm sure I can speak for myself and Jules that it's been pretty damn interesting. And um, yeah, thank thanks a lot. No worries. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I couldn't give you too much on the motorsport stuff, but um, yeah, no doubt closer to the event. And once we've had, we'll um, be able to chuck in and communicate online. Yeah, we'll have to um, get you back for a post, um, at least Grand Prix update and, and see how it all went, I reckon. Perfect. Michael, the world of F1 MotoGP is a very fast one, fast paced. Fast cars, fast bikes. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're doing. I'm glad that Lockie could um, slow it down a little bit and, and take us through all of that because that was a, a real different insight. And um, I'm sure you were as perplexed, not or perplexed is maybe not the word, but impressed about how much he actually does, um, not just from a Grand Prix mm. perspective, but everything that he's done with in an athletics perspective as well and continues to do. So... His time management is unreal. I was, I was thinking this when it, when he was uh, talk, telling us about a bit of everything. I just thought you're a busy man, and I I, I appreciate how much you do. But um, yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure his time management is good. He's probably got to do us great app. Thanks for the sponsor. <laughs> no, actually, talking about sponsors, um, I'm wearing my tradable bits t-shirt today. So, Tim, of course you are, Tim. If you're listening, latest uh, influence. We're uh, looking for some 
uh, cash, and we'll, we'll happily uh, <laughs> we'll happily mention tradable bits Very every, every episode if if if, if you fling us up. We'll we'll mention whatever we can every <laughs> yeah. episode if it I, means a bit of dollars. We're not beyond selling ourselves, so <laughs> if you want to fling some money to us. Speak for yourself, Jules. What? Let's let's uh yeah, sorry. You were threatening to take your T shirt off before, so um this could turn into an OnlyFans channel very soon. Okay. Let's just uh I'd, I'd never take this T shirt off because it's new and it's it's one of the best things I've ever worn, to be honest. Um the quality at uh, T Junction is just unmatched and I could go on forever. It's, I'm going for this plug. Shall we get on to the, the weekly segments? I don't have we'll jump straight into egg of the week. Egg of the week. Egg um, of the week. I don't have one, so I'm going to throw to you. I've got a couple, and I'll, I'll roll through these quickly. Oh, here we go. So, this is my first one. And um, for those at home, uh, you know that I am a, a big cricket fan. And early in this week, uh, Bangladesh, New Zealand were playing a test. Um, and DRS decisions can often be like hit or miss, right? What the fuck's a DRS? Decision review system, I believe okay. it is. Um, so, when non-cricket people when an appeal doesn't go your way you have the opportunity to challenge it and they go up to the cameras and they review everything about the, the decision to to see whether it um was in fact out or was in most common ones that they use it for in um cricket are for an lbw um a court behind and or a um a run out so in this instance uh bangladesh have appealed an LBW, and again, if you're not into cricket, that's leg before wicket. So if the ball hits your leg as you're standing in front of the <laughs> wicket, basically, and would go on to hit the stumps, that's an LBW, and you, you're given out. How's that, um, Barks? As you can see in in this video, they've appealed a decision that has clearly, um, clearly, clearly hit the bat and nothing else. Like the leg is nowhere. So, it's nowhere near out. Right? Yeah, there's nowhere near out. But they've challenged it <laughs> at the last second. Um, so, egg of the week goes... To, one of the eggs goes to um, uh, the Bangladeshi cricket team for that um, appalling uh, DRS. Is that the coach or, or players? Players yeah. make the... The captain Player, Captain comes out captain. and makes it. Um, my oh, second one five. is just, just a bit of a, a funny one. Um, was um, Scott, Scott, Scott Morrison... Um, coming out and saying that uh, his wife, Jenny, goes to the pharmacy to buy a rapid test. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have thought so, Scott. <laughs> don't don't yeah. think, uh, Jenny, um, no shade on you, Jenny. You've been brought into this probably not willingly, unwillingly or un- whatever it is, uh, but there's no way you go down to the local chemist warehouse and queue for your rapid test. Doesn't he use Jenny as an excuse for everything? Uh, I'm not even even convinced Jenny exists at this stage. (laughs) Um, Our politics love it. And my last one, um, don't know whether to to egg the Victorian government or the Australian tennis, whatever they're called. Oh, yeah. Oh, mate, Novak. Gee whiz, that was a bit of a cock-up, wasn't it? (laughs) Just a little bit. Continued cock-up, if that's... Uh, a saying yeah next week's guest novak isn't he yeah i think he's coming on we're, we're going to talk to him live <laughs> from quarantine <laughs> <laughs> that'll be good nothing better to do uh we don't need to dive into that one i think everyone knows but nah. yeah novak and the oz government and tennis australia and um, vic government you're all eggs Ho- whole lot of scrambled eggs whole lot of scrambled eggs bosses barks yeah boss of the week boss of the week 
Thank you. Thanks for that. I've got a quick boss. Um, just a note to everyone. Tag your photographers. Mm. Credit your photographers. So, you saw this. I think uh, a lot of people share that I followed on Instagram, so it's great to see that um, it means means something to the Australian content creators. But LeBron, if LeBron can tag his photographers, so can you, people listening. Mm. Um, Just a quick story from... The world of the NBA. Some a photographer slash content creator, Daryl Ann, I think is his name, but um, he's known as Great Individuals on Instagram. Big following, superb work. One of the one of my favorite people to follow. But he just told a story that um, he sort of made it where his career sort of changed in terms of when he could actually start working for the NBA. And I think he actually works for one of the biggest um, player agencies, Clutch. Um, but anyway, that that's not too relevant. But it basically. I'm bossing LeBron and people that do credit their photographers because LeBron put up a photo a few years back of this Daryl's um, from practice. So Daryl was at a Lakers practice, got some photos of LeBron, put them up on his Instagram. LeBron put those same photos on the his Instagram, tagged Daryl, credited him, and then his following jumped from 7,000 to 20,000 followers overnight and he's basically saying that his career changed because of it. So... It's not hard. Small act. Credit it. It's a small act, but it actually does go a long way. Yeah. So that is my boss. That's a good boss. Um, building on that, my boss, um, friend of the show, very courageous thing and very, um, I think, important thing, our friend uh, Darcy. Oh, and, Darcy. Yeah, yes. Darcy Vessio. And um, I'm going to do my best not to stuff this up because it's a little bit new, but... Um, the work that they did with the unfiltered series on the AFL. AFLW, yeah. AFLW yeah. website. Um, very raw. Um, Darcy has come out as non-binary, um, which I, I believe is is so impactful for a lot of people um, to know that someone that you look up to or someone that is more in the public eye is is perhaps the same as you or, or feels the same as you. So, um I think it's a very courageous thing to do, especially if you're a high-profile athlete like Darcy is, um, to to take that kind of battle on and um, be a champion of it. So, on your Darcy, you're, you're a favourite of ours and uh, my boss of the week. Huge boss. Uh, the way Darcy goes about things, I just admire in general. Mm. I think, I think they're just a great person, and and it's just like a, it's 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 a really good boss, Jules. Um, and it's just one to be who you are, mm. and I think. It's completely normal as well. So I think what you you mentioned about being a powerful sort of someone that's in the public eye, just be you, just be who you are, and that's that's a really important message to take from it. I think. I tell you what, Barks, like you know me, I don't cry, got no emotion. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. But that that video nearly nearly got me. Yeah. Like I felt I felt something happening felt in my f- eye. Felt and a I, frog, and I actually had to frog punch my throat? screen to like. <laughs> <laughs> not in brace. No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. There's, I don't know about you, but those moments when you get the frog in your throat, you're like, oh, something's happening here. What's this? What's this emotion? Well, I'm Come vegetarian, on. so I don't eat frogs. Sometimes you just we're having a nice moment. <laughs> it was a real, real serious boss, and you just you ruined it. And now we're going to end the show on that note. So I hope you feel better about that. <laughs> okay, guys, wrap it up. Enjoyed our chat with Lockie. Um, 
He was a, a, like we said during the show, he was one that you requested quite often. So keep those requests coming through and we'll do our best to to kind of get tick them, them off. Tick them off, yeah. Um, and if you know someone that you want to have on the show and you have connection with them, feel free to like connect us because sometimes um, people don't know who are, who we are and it's a bit hard to reach out to them. So um, yeah. any help you can give, we'll greatly appreciate. Barks, um, lift your game next week. That's what I want to say to you. Um, but uh, <laughs> you did well. You you um you saved yourself towards the end. But um, everyone else, thanks for listening to another episode of the Content Catch Up. As usual, full episode with Lockie is available on our YouTube. Um, and audio is across any podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and make sure you sign up to our newsletter to get all the relevant links and some extra content, which will will plop in there um this week since we didn't share any. So. Barks, anything else? Nothing at all. Just wanted to reiterate that the T-shirts are on their way with two very handsome-looking gentlemen. And we'll, uh, we're acting, uh, we're actually hiring them, so <laughs> we're yet to find them. We'll wear masks as we deliver them as well and, and probably just fling them, especially to you, Basil. Ooh, can't, can't try, can't try, can't try. <laughs> yeah. Feel better, Basil. I hope, Great you, call. I hope you're feeling better, man. Huge shame that one of the few people that ordered a T-shirt has COVID. But that's all right. I'm sure he's doing well. All right, thanks listeners. Goodbye. See you next week. Bum 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 bum